Hey there, Tyler. Hope you're staying cozy in Noe Valley today. With a bit of cloud cover to start your Thursday and a high of 60 degrees later on, it sounds like the perfect day to catch up on the latest. And speaking of the latest, let's dive into today's top stories. In the realm of technology, Amazon researchers have just unveiled Base TTS. It's the largest text-to-speech model yet, with abilities that are setting new standards for naturalness in speech synthesis. I'm Steve Onsker. And I'm Jonathan Martin. You're listening to The Daily Bite from PocketPod News. Over in Rafa, Gaza, as tensions rise, the international community watches closely. Negotiations for a ceasefire are ongoing amid fears and hopes of residents caught in the cycle of displacement and war. And in tech news closer to home, Apple's Vision Pro headset had people lining up for its debut. But now, many are returning it, voicing their disappointment over its cost and comfort or lack thereof. It seems like even with cutting-edge advancements, there's always room for improvement and user feedback is key. Stay with us. We've got all the news you need to start your day right here on The Daily Bite. This message is brought to you by PocketPod, revolutionizing the podcast experience with the power of generative AI. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to content that listens to you, tailored to your interests, schedule, and style preferences. With PocketPod, every episode feels like it's made just for you, transforming how you experience podcasts. Ready for a personalized listening journey? Visit PocketPod.app today to join the waitlist. In the realm of text-to-speech technology, Amazon researchers have just set a new benchmark. Right, they've developed what's called the Base TTS model. It stands out not just for its size, but for its emergent qualities that bring it closer to overcoming the uncanny valley effect in speech synthesis. To dive deeper into how this technology works and what it means for the future of conversational AI, we're joined by PocketPod News technology analyst Katrina Shelton. Katrina, Base TTS can handle complex sentences with emotions, foreign words, and even paralinguistics. How significant is this breakthrough? It's incredibly significant, Jonathan. Base TTS, or Big Adaptive Streamable TTS with Emergent Abilities, is Amazon researchers' latest leap in text-to-speech technology. This model isn't just an incremental update, it's a major breakthrough that brings us closer to overcoming the uncanny valley effect in speech synthesis. The largest version of this model has 980 million parameters and was trained on 100,000 hours of public domain speech data. That's an unprecedented scale that contributes directly to its nuanced understanding and replication of human speech. Can you explain a bit more about these emergent qualities you mentioned? What exactly does that mean for the technology? Sure. Emergent qualities refer to capabilities that arise when the system reaches a certain level of complexity, abilities that weren't explicitly programmed but emerge from the interplay of the system's components. Um, For base TTS, this means it can handle conversational AI tasks much more effectively than previous models. For instance, um, it can navigate through complex linguistic challenges like compound nouns and maintain intonation across sentences with varying emotional tones or syntactic complexities. These emergent qualities are not indicative of sentience but represent a significant leap in the model's capability. That sounds quite advanced. Could you give us some examples of how base TTS handles these complex linguistic tasks? 
Absolutely. The research paper provides several challenging examples um, designed specifically to test base TTS's capabilities. Um, for example, it can accurately pronounce and maintain appropriate intonation for compound nouns such as stone-built quaint countryside holiday cottage, which many earlier models would struggle with due to the complexity and arrangement of descriptors. Additionally, it handles garden path sentences, sentences that lead the reader towards one interpretation that turns out to be incorrect, with remarkable clarity showcasing its understanding of syntactic complexities. How important are the architecture and training data in achieving this level of performance? They're critical components, Jonathan. The architecture of base TTS allows it to process language in a way that closely mimics human speech patterns, while its extensive training on 100,000 hours of diverse speech data gives it a broad base from which to draw accurate pronunciations and intonations for various words and phrases. This massive scale is partly what enables Basititis to outperform other models like Tortoise and Val-E in handling these complex tasks. And I understand there's something special about its streamability feature? Yes, that's another standout feature. Unlike traditional text-to-speech models that generate entire sentences before speaking them, base TTS is designed to process speech moment by moment at a low bitrate without generating whole sentences at once. This streamability means it can deliver high-quality speech more efficiently without requiring high bandwidth, uh, a boon for applications in real-time communication technologies. Looking forward, what do these advancements mean for the future of text-to-speech technology? While currently experimental and not intended for commercial use just yet, base TTS indicates where text-to-speech technology could be headed towards more naturalistic and versatile speech synthesis systems. Its development paves the way for future applications that could significantly enhance accessibility options for those who rely on synthesized voices for communication or reading text online. Researchers are also aware of potential misuse by bad actors, but believe advancing this technology will ultimately benefit society. It certainly sounds like we're on the cusp of some revolutionary changes in how we interact with machines through spoken language. That was PocketPod News technology analyst Katrina Shelton. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Tensions in Rafah, at the southern tip of the Gaza Strip, are mounting as Palestinians brace for a possible Israeli incursion. Absolutely. And amid these tensions, displaced Palestinian families are seeking refuge under challenging conditions. There's an ongoing effort for a ceasefire between Hamas and Israel, but the uncertainty looms large. To get a deeper understanding of what's happening on the ground and the implications of these developments, we're joined by PocketPod News World Affairs correspondent Rose Fletcher. Rose, can you shed some light on how negotiations and military operations are impacting civilians in Rafah? Absolutely, Jonathan. The situation in Rafah at the southern tip of the Gaza Strip is both complex and distressing. Displaced Palestinian families who have fled Israeli military strikes in northern Gaza find themselves in Rafah under extremely difficult conditions. These families arrived seeking safety but are now facing cramped living conditions with limited access to food, water and basic amenities. The makeshift camps where they're sheltering are described as crowded and challenging for survival. That sounds incredibly tough for those families. Can you tell us more about the potential for an Israeli incursion into Rafah? What's the latest on that front? Well, there's a great deal of speculation and uncertainty regarding whether Israel will carry out a major incursion into Rafah or opt for a ceasefire agreement with Hamas. Currently, negotiators from the US, Israel, Egypt and Qatar have been meeting in Cairo to discuss a plan to pause the fighting, 
The people in Rafah are understandably anxious about their safety and the possibility of being caught up in military operations. With those negotiations happening, what about concerns over civilian safety amid these military plans? Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has indeed ordered a military evacuation plan for Rafah amid preparations for a potential ground offensive. This has raised significant concerns over civilian safety if operations intensify. More than half of Gaza's total population is crammed into Rafah at this point. It's also worth noting that President Biden has warned against entering Rafah without a credible plan to protect civilians, a clear indication of the international community's concern over potential humanitarian crises. And how are ceasefire negotiations shaping up? Is there any hope on that front? Negotiations in Cairo could potentially bring some relief to residents of Rafah if they result in an agreement. The aim is not just to secure a break in fighting, but also to allow humanitarian aid into Gaza and possibly lead to prisoner exchanges between Palestinians and Israelis. There's talk that this ceasefire could last up to six weeks if agreed upon. It's important because previous ceasefires negotiated with Qatar have seen releases of hostages and prisoners, which could be seen as a step towards longer-term peace. Finally, Rose, can you speak to the broader impact on civilians across Gaza due to this ongoing conflict? Absolutely. Beyond Rafah, ongoing fighting has led to significant casualties and displacement within Gaza at large, with many Palestinians forced to move multiple times seeking safety, creating an atmosphere of fear and uncertainty among residents who feel unsafe, even within their own region, due to continuous violence. Reports indicate that at least 28,576 Palestinians have been killed since the conflict escalated, a stark reminder of the human cost of this conflict. A deeply challenging situation indeed. Thank you for providing such comprehensive insights today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. Apple's much-anticipated Vision Pro headset made its debut on February 2nd, causing quite the stir with long lines outside Apple stores. But it seems the hype might have been premature. Before we've even hit the end of Apple's 14-day return period, there's been a surge in customers bringing the Vision Pro back to stores. Many users have voiced their dissatisfaction on social media and online forums, citing everything from discomfort, high price points, to a lack of compelling app offerings. It's a far cry from the success story Apple was hoping for. And despite initial comparisons to iconic launches like the iPhone, it appears the Vision Pro is struggling to meet expectations. To dig deeper into what went wrong with Apple's latest tech venture, we'll be speaking with PocketPod news technology correspondent Alex Harmon. That's right, Steve. Apple's Vision Pro headset certainly set the stage for what many hoped would be a groundbreaking leap in ARVR technology. With its debut on February 2nd, excitement was palpable, mirroring scenes from past Apple launches with enthusiasts lining up outside stores. The anticipation was largely fueled by comparisons to previous Apple products that have dramatically shifted consumer technology landscapes like the iPhone. It sounds like there was a lot of hype leading up to this launch, but what went wrong after people actually got their hands on the Vision Pro? Well, it didn't take long for the tide of public opinion to start turning, by the time we reached the end of Apple's 14-day return period on February 16th, a significant number of these early adopters were already expressing their disappointment. Many users cited various reasons for returning their headsets from performance issues to questioning its overall value. 
This wave of dissatisfaction was so pronounced that there was even a noticeable surge in online searches for return Apple Vision, indicating that this wasn't just a few isolated cases. That's quite a shift from initial expectations. Can you elaborate on some of the specific criticisms users had? Certainly. One common thread among user feedback on platforms like Twitter was the high price point, which many felt wasn't justified given their experiences with the device. Others mentioned discomfort during use, which is particularly troubling for a wearable device meant to offer an immersive experience. Additionally, there was a notable lack of compelling apps available for the Vision Pro. For instance, popular streaming services like Netflix hadn't released an app for the headset at launch, limiting what users could actually do with it. It seems like app support is crucial for such devices. How does this compare to early days of other Apple products like the iPhone? That's an interesting comparison because early versions of revolutionary products often face skepticism and criticism regarding their utility and potential impact. However, where products like the iPhone eventually overcame such hurdles through continual improvement and expanding app ecosystems, the immediate challenge for the Vision Pro appears steeper. Despite pre-launch hype-drawing parallels between it and previous tech revolutions by Apple, user feedback suggests that without significant improvements and broader app support, convincing consumers to see it as indispensable might be difficult. So what does all this mean for Apple and its vision for ARVR technology moving forward? It highlights a critical juncture not only for Apple but also for consumer ARVR technology as a whole. The mixed reception to the Vision Pro underscores challenges in meeting consumer expectations and effectively integrating into daily life, challenges that are not insurmountable but will require careful consideration of user feedback and perhaps re-evaluation of strategy regarding content availability and device accessibility. A fascinating insight into what seems like a pivotal moment in consumer tech. Thanks so much for breaking it down for us today. My pleasure, Steve. Happy to share these insights with our listeners. That's the Daily Bite for Thursday, February 15th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Tyler. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.